0: Employment First, the South Carolina podcast focused on employment as the first and preferred option for individuals with disabilities, regardless of their disability. And welcome to our show.
1: Hi, this is a podcast focused on promoting Employment First in South Carolina. I will be interviewing Jennifer Quinn, a transition coordinator with DDSN. Jen works with schools, families, and providers across South Carolina, promoting employment first in order to increase employment of individuals with disabilities. I'm Valerie Bell, a school psychologist working with a school district in Beaufort, South Carolina, focused on how young adults can increasingly gain employment, and stay involved within their communities after transitioning from high school. And I'm Jennifer Quinn,
0: so I'm a trainer with Disabilities and Special Needs, or DESN, and I work, just like Val said, to share Employment First with schools, families, and providers across the state, because we just need these young adults getting ready to go to work.
1: Jen, can you tell us a little bit more about what Employment First means? First means,
0: um, it's pretty much what is the best option for a person, and that really is employment, regardless of a person's disability. Um, so with new legislation, WIOA, the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act, and Find Final Rule, what goes over Medicaid, it's really looking at how can we provide people opportunities to go to work and be in their community. And the best way to do that really is to give young adults and anyone who wants to an opportunity to go to work.
1: So um, can you give us some examples of who helps people get to work? Yeah. So
0: uh, typically when you're dealing with schools, talking about transition age youth, it's going to be your VR counselor. There are transition counselors in every high school in South Carolina that go at least once a week. And they're going to be working with young adults to help them go to work. They even have a transition job coach to help these young adults learn the skills on the job. And then also once they're done with school there's DDSN service providers or Department of Disability and Special Needs Service Providers. Uh, like in Beaufort, there's Beaufort DSN Board. There's SOS Healthcare. There's PEP. Um, they They can help someone learn the job's skills and go to work in their community just to find something that really focuses on the individual strengths, needs, interests, And match it because you really have to make sure that the job matches the person because not everyone can do certain type of jobs. I know, you know, I would, I'm not the best with folding envelopes, but I'm really good at talking. (laughs) It's really (laughs) finding what they're good at.
1: So I have a few questions um, about some things that you said. The transition coordinator that you spoke about, are those individuals employed by the school district that helps students in high school? Well, the transition counselors with VR, they're hired through the school.
0: Then, um, or sorry, transition counselors are hired by vocational rehabilitation. And they work with teachers. So they try to find students with disabilities, any and all disabilities, to work with them. The job coaches from VR are also hired by VR. And so they work with the school district. Um, so it's really getting to know your VR counselor and saying, hey, this kid will definitely need job coaching. Can you work with him and get a job coach for this kid? Then, okay, the school, the teacher kind of helps coordinate and gets feedback too from the VR counselor because you can use that for IEPs or individual education plans to help develop them and use that as like assessment information for post-secondary transition
1: goals. And that kind of leads into my next question about how you're determining what jobs would work with a student the best. Who's determining their skills and their strengths? What would they be good at? Is that a team decision? Is that the responsibility um, of the teachers at the school? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. So uh, the schools typically do their assessments and you see that in individual education plans where the teacher says um, Johnny wants to uh, be a veterinarian. Um, but what VR does is they take that IEP and they look at it and they say, OK, well, he's credential track, so he's not getting a diploma. So that doesn't really work. But what something what is it that he likes about veterinarians? is it cuz his dad is one and he likes this outfit that they wear is it you know um that he loves animals or does he even like them you know and so <laughs> they they're going to really try to assess that student and talk through it and explore those options and see what they can do they'll also even because sometimes some of the students that they work with have limited vote um Ability to express themselves, so they they're going to give them hands-on experiences and let them try different things. So if they say veterinarian, they might take them to the um, a animal shelter to work with animals, and then they're going to see oh they don't really like the people there or 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 the animals there, but they really like the people. So what can we do in regards to that? Um, but when we're starting to talk about people with more significant disabilities, we really want to look at customizing the job or finding entrepreneurialship opportunities where it's like, what are their strengths? What are they really into doing? And how can we turn that into
1: something like a customized job? Okay. Um, and how long does this process usually take? Because this sounds like, you know, uh, it might take a little bit. When trying to determine the student's skills or what they're really good at, what they're really interested in,
0: yeah, um, and it does. Typically, you should start referring your kids to vocational rehabilitation at age 16. Some VR counselors, like um, one that I work with out at Hampton, she really likes to work with them when they turn age 15 so she can start exploring what type of jobs they're interested in because you might have one job shadow one year and see okay well this isn't what they're into or observing them in the classroom and seeing that you know what they're into um so it gives them time to really get to know the student especially if they can't communicate um what their interests are or have no idea because they're young adults. And um, so they they can start early and hopefully by the time they're done with school, find a job. But that's also why DDSN is here, so that if um, their disability is very significant, uh, then we can come in and say, okay, well, we specialize in this. What's
1: going on once they're done with school? Great. And I think um, that it's really good, important to start the process early um, because, like all students I think that it may take a little bit for them to figure out what they're really interested in yes very true (laughs) (laughs) um can you kind of tell us what this looks like for a student like if you're in the students shoes what the process how they view the process
0: yeah so for students it's they get to go meet with a VR counselor. They leave their class and they go sit down and meet with him or her, and they talk their ideas, um, interest, goals, and uh, um. And the VR counselor walks them through those thoughts of, well, what does this entail? Um, but they also come into the classroom and they do fun games with the kids, where they're learning, you know what to wear for a job interview. So they might have like a silly fashion show or uh, things like that so that they can kind of learn the skills that you need for a job as well as explore. So um, typically in October, you're going to see a lot in schools where it's Disability Mentoring Day where they take them on field trips and after they've gotten to know the kids, they pick them and they say, okay, well, let's job explore over at this place and these Three students have similar interests, so they'll go over there. And then these other five kids are interested in this other skill. Let's take them to this other place. And then meet for lunch. And it's a fun day where they get out of school, and it really even helps all students. So students that might have be diploma track and typically don't get to go out on all these hands-on
1: experiences like students with more significant disabilities. Um, And the one meeting that you're talking about when the students are pulled out and they talk to the VR counselor, um, is that on an individual basis or do they meet as a group?
0: Individual and sometimes group because VR is now with WIOA, they focus on pre-employment transition services so they can um, do group activities with a whole class or a small group Mm -hmm. or They do a lot of individual counseling because they're really trying to get into the, well, what do you want to do with your life with the
1: students? Great. Um, And can you tell me, tell us about a time that you've seen customized jobs, what that has looked like, an example?
0: Yeah. So that's where it gets really exciting is looking at individuals with more significant disabilities where they don't typically go into a standard job. Um, But we're looking at, you know, entrepreneurship opportunities and having a support wrapped around them so that they can do something they're interested in. So this one time there was this kid in another state where um, all he would do in the classroom is tear up paper. And I can just imagine the frustration. And for a long time, they were trying to teach him stop tearing paper up. But mm-hmm. an innovative teacher went ahead and was like, well, what can we do with this? Because this is their focus, you know, what type of job can you do with that? And so right. he got creative, must have had like art background or something, and she turned it into art. So he tears up paper and glues it onto canvas and makes beautiful pieces of art that now he sells and now... His identity, because once you leave school, you're not a student anymore, right? His identity is a professional artist.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Um i I've read a similar story, uh, where a student had made picture frames, and they turned it into a business with the help of his family um, and outside agencies. Yeah. You know his. Family helping to um, mail the picture frames and doing, like, different tasks like that. That's really awesome. Um, so, Jen, do you have any additional things that you would like to add before we end our podcast? No, other than, you know, I
0: think with customized jobs, it's really up to the professionals to get creative and build on the creativity of the students and what their interests are. And so it's, it's exciting. And to know that
1: there's unlimited possibilities for jobs with people with disabilities. I agree. And, you know, I think it's our job as professionals to really get to know our students and know what their strengths and weaknesses are with their help, you know, give of uh, giving us some input and then highlighting those strengths and see how we can make them successful after transitioning from high school. So they're a part of the community and like you said, have a different identity rather than being a student in school now that they have left school. Yeah. Um thank you for listening today. I challenge our audience to email me if you have some success stories that you would like to share that highlight um, successes of the students that you've worked with on upcoming podcasts, or if you would even like to be a guest on our podcast. I look forward to sharing more Employment First knowledge stories and tips to increase the employment rate of young adults with disabilities in South Carolina. If you don't, if you have any comments, please share them with me. My email is employmentfirstsc at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out my podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.